Hey everyone, this is Josh from Solopreneur Grind for episode 109 of the Solopreneur Grind podcast. I'm here with Stephen Summers, co-founder at MarketplaceSuperheroes.com. Stephen, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Josh. It's a real pleasure. Um, very smooth introduction from you. I will do my best to be as smooth, but I can't <laughs> guarantee that. <laughs> I've had a few reps, right? I've had about 108 reps, so uh, yeah. it makes it a little bit easier. But Stephen, can you can you tell our listeners a little bit more about you? Uh, what are you working on these days? What's your specialty? Sure. Yeah, no problem. So as you mentioned, I am the co-founder of a business called Marketplace Superheroes. We teach people all over the world now, almost nine 9,000 students at this point, how to build their own own business selling their own branded products on Amazon. And we teach them how to do it all over the world, not just say on amazon.com or .ca. We teach them to do it all over, uh, .co.uk, Germany, France, the, everywhere. And um, <clears throat> how I got into that business um, was that I'm doing it now, let's see, whew, 11, nearly 12 years now that I've been selling on the platform on Amazon as a seller and, and now as a seller and more so investor as well in a number of different Amazon businesses. Um, but but the, I guess that's the, the reason I got started in this whole journey really was I, like a lot of people, did not know what company to start. I was working as a data processor in my early 20s, which is the most boring job in the world <laughs> ever, by the way. Jeez. It lives oh. up to the name. Oh, God. Awful. I was doing that because I wanted to play music, you know, that's what I, I thought I was going to do with my life, right? I thought I'd be a, like a rock star or songwriter or something like that, which you might have guessed did not work out, uh, but that's okay. <clears throat> kind of over that now. And when I was uh, at the stage where the band finished up and everything, you know, I was in my very early 20s <clears throat> and I knew I didn't want to be working in a job. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It was just not my goal because... I was really into like, how can I have my own thing where I'm making my own money and I'm, I'm in charge of my own future because the future I thought I was going to have, a the music thing just was gone. And it, this took a while, by the way. Like I was, I was drinking bottles of wine and eating crap food and all. I was feeling sorry for myself for a long time after the band finished. But I got to a point where I started reading personal development books like Success Principles by Jack Canfield and stuff like that. And that got me down the line of, okay, let's eat more healthily. I'll take care of myself a lot more. And then I started going, right, well, business, or sorry, the band didn't work. I'm going to get into business. I'd been done a little bit of college. I did two years and I got student of the year in my second year, actually, which was quite cool. I did a third year in marketing and I knew I loved marketing, but I didn't finish college because I thought this isn't for me. Uh, it just, it wasn't for me. And I was doing the third year at nighttime while working as the data processor. So basically I started Googling because, you know, one of the things you learn when you learn success oriented content is you got to learn the strategies. Who's already done it before success leaves clues, right? We've heard all these kind of almost cliches now. So I started Googling and how to make money online. And like a lot of people listening, you probably did the same thing and saw, well, what a load of scams. There is nothing but scams everywhere. And that's certainly how I felt, uh, you know, whatever, 14 years ago now, whatever it was, Googling this stuff. Uh, long story short, bought lots of courses, did nothing with any of the material. A lot of the stuff that I was looking at, affiliate marketing and whatever was all, oh, you can get rich by telling other people how to get rich and all that pyramid weirdness. So I landed on selling products. That made a lot of sense to me. Initially went down the line of drop shipping as everybody does because, you know, I don't want to take any risks whatsoever. I just want to make lots of money and all that jazz. And I didn't really get anywhere with that because not that drop shipping doesn't work. We do drop shipping a little bit, but it just wasn't for me at the time. It wasn't the right business. 
So I met this guy called Robert through my aunt, this big six foot three, six foot two, whatever he is, Northern Irish guy, big beard, drank loads of beer. And he was my initial mentor. He said, yeah, I'll teach you to sell how I sell on Amazon because that's really what I landed on was the thing I wanted to do. And so I went up, I worked in Robert's warehouse. Uh, I quit my job shortly afterwards. Long story short, we worked together for about nine months. I learned everything that there was to learn about selling on Amazon with through Robert. And we decided to start a new company together. He had warehouses and staff and all the time, but we wanted to do it in a different way. We wanted to sell on Amazon, but not have all the warehouses, not have all the staff, all the complexity. And over the next sort of four years, we built that company up ourselves. We were doing a couple of million on Amazon and making a nice, you know, a nice salary each or whatever. And we were very free. We used to go on holidays with our families to Florida and everything for a little while. But, you know, we were making good money, but it wasn't life changing money. And it got kind of boring, you know, because it was like, right, I'm making money. I don't need to work ever again. As in, not that I have enough money to never work again. But I have a business now that's paying me enough that I don't have to go back to work anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, we wanted to do more. We wanted to share more. We wanted to, you know, make our lives a little bit more interesting. And so in 2015, we launched Marketplace Superheroes after seeing a lot of people teaching Amazon. But in our opinion, the stuff they were teaching was all the same. They were teaching you to sell overly competitive products. We had a completely different way. We sell the most boring products in the world, Josh, in that business. I mean, we, we sell the things that cover the feet of the washing machine and all this kind of stuff. Not exciting. Uh, but but basically, in 2015, we launched that. We had no audience. We had nothing, just two weird Irish guys who were still weird. And we built it up us from now seven years almost now of, of doing that. And it's now an eight-figure company. We run a freight company as well, Superhero Freight, where we help our members import their products from the Far East, well, from China. I say the Far East, depends where you live in the world, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a solutions company for our sellers. So we do translations for them, photography, stuff like that. And obviously we have you know coaching and all that kind of stuff in Marketplace Superheroes. Uh, but we're very different. Uh, and the reason I feel we're different is because you know we have the coaching and we have the the shipping company and all of that so we're very much in the trenches with our members and if our members don't succeed long term we don't really succeed long term which is kind of cool and i guess it's a different way of going about it so you know that's kind of the the length and breadth of my career so far happy to dive into anything that will help the listeners today uh and and answer any question you want of an open book yeah it, it sounds super interesting the first thing that jumped out was this now partner, Robert, how did that come to be? It, it almost sounds like now, obviously, you just told a three, five minute story, but that covers, you know, 10 years. plus years. So, so obviously you had to summarize, but the way you kind of explained it made it sound like it was almost this serendipitous event where you started looking yeah. into Amazon and all of a sudden it was who like an like an aunt's friend that that took him yeah. took you under his wing. Can, can you go into more detail on kind of sure. how that happened? And and because yeah. I, I on the last episode, we had a good talk about mentors and how important and valuable it can be to find mentors early. So I, I'd love to hear more about how that came to be and sure. the value that having such a good mentor early on, you know, what did that mean to you? Yeah, no problem. So, uh, yeah, I was quite fortunate, actually, but I, I suppose you know, you you get for you become fortunate or lucky or whatever when you put something out there. And for mm-hmm. me, I had really spent a lot of time reading books, looking at courses, like I mentioned, not really getting anywhere. And it really hit me one day. It's like, 
and there's now a book about this and it's it's the idea of like it's the who not the how so in other words like i didn't know how to do this stuff because i was just in a a crappy job i didn't like but there's people out there who can do it so who are they who who can i work with and that was a big thing from the personal development work i had done like you mentioned they talk about mentorship a lot in that content because it's great it's great stuff it, it, it makes sense so i started asking around and telling people like i want to sell products online i tried selling my first one it was a cream canvas wardrobe and i didn't make any money but i didn't lose any money which was really motivating i actually to this day have no idea how i got that into stock mm -hmm. it's a blur that part of my life at this point but but I knew it worked. I just I just needed more help because I I, I you can't build a business breaking even right. You, you know you have to make money sometime. Mm -hmm. So that's whenever I thought, look, if I can find someone who can help me, I can do it the right way. Because courses weren't as available as they are now. Back when I started, you know, even like Udemy was one of the first big course sites that started up around whenever I was getting going in this whole industry, there was certainly people teaching online marketing and whatever, uh, but it just wasn't as many people as nowadays. It wasn't as good. The level of education wasn't. So for me, I asked around and my aunt from Northern Ireland, which is about two hours north of where I was living at the time. I was living in Dublin with 11 or 10 other people in a house, by the way, which is awful. I, I just didn't have enough money to stay somewhere nice. Um, but, but my, and I, but I wasn't eating dog food or anything and I wasn't living in my car. Right. But I just wasn't in a very nice house, but basically, yeah, my aunt heard all this and she called me and said, look, I have a friend here, Robert, he has a warehouse. He's got staff. He's selling on Amazon and eBay in the UK only at the time we sell everywhere now. And she's like, you know, he's a really good guy. He's a good friend. Would you like to meet him? And I was like, absolutely. So we actually went to a comedy gig in Dublin. They came down. Just so happens one of Robert's favorite comedians was, was playing in Dublin. So I met them at the gig and, you know, had a lot of beers and all the rest and got chatting to him. I just burned his ear all night long because mm -hmm. I've been reading so much and learning so much. And I was trying to figure out, like, what's the right way of doing this? Like, you know, is this research strategy right? Is this or that? And I was just burning this guy and he was having a couple of beers. And he was just like, I've never had anybody ask me this level of questions before. <laughs> You know, I'm more than happy to help you more if you want to come up, um, you know, to the warehouse for a few days, you can check it out. So I took a week's vacation from work at the time, went up to the warehouse and it was freezing cold, rats running around the place and everything. But I loved it because it was like, this is a real business. These are real products sitting in a warehouse. It wasn't like, you know, become an affiliate millionaire overnight or live on a yacht and do whatever, trade, whatever. Mm -hmm. It was like, no, like this is a real business. You know, they were making a decent amount of money, but they weren't millionaires. And I was just excited. I was like, that's, yeah, I want to do that. And so I just, I just basically where I got my piece of other piece of fortune was I was well read. And so one of the books I read at the time, which a lot of people that are listening, I'm sure have read. And if you haven't, you really should read it was the E-Myth Revisited uh, by Michael Gerber. Great book. And, um, I read that whole book and I was learning about systems. Now, funnily enough, I'm not a systems guy at all. I'm, I'm, I'm really more of a marketing guy. But, but at the time, you know, systems was kind of my way in with Robert because he was very experienced in business. But what he lacked were systems. Everything was very, because Robert is a brilliant executor, but at the time wasn't a great reader. That's changed now over the years, but at the time that was definitely true. So that was my opportunity. I was able to come in and go, well, look, I've read all these things about systems. If we did all these things in this business, we could make it much better. And so that that's what led to, I was working for free in that warehouse at the time. 
I made some money by selling some of Robert's, like there was, he had stuff lying around the warehouse that was like secondhand and that type of thing. So I was selling all that on eBay, making money for myself while learning my trade, which was great. And I was actually working, divanning containers, working in the warehouse. I was doing it all. Like I was, mm -hmm. it was great. Um, but, but where I moved on to let's do this together now was I, I was able to create so much value with Robert through this stuff I learned that he was just like, we got, we, we got to do this together. And that's, that's where I got my next piece of fortune. That was, it was in that. And so I suppose if you look back, it was that I put myself out there initially and I was educating myself the whole way. And, and that's the thing I fell in love with business theory in college when I was there for a little while. And that was that. And I, I still love it. I listen every day to podcasts. I read books. I mean, you see all the books behind me. Uh, even if this is audio, there's lots of books behind me uh, mm -hmm. on a bookshelf. Yeah. And I that that education has been my the key to everything, really. Absolutely. And the last part I'll add, you kind of said, uh, you know, reading up, putting yourself out there and, and putting in the work, right? Because you very yes. easily could have met Robert at that comedy thing, not come across very serious or professional, not showed right. up to the warehouse. So, you know, it, it, definitely big kudos for that. So then what was the period, Stephen? Like, how long was it kind of like more casual until you and Robert formalized the partnership? Yeah. And then about, what was nine months? Sorry, okay, nine oh, sorry, months. you were asking everything. Apologies. Yeah, and, and then I'm curious about like, what did that next business look like? Was it an extension of the one he already had? Was it totally new, similar types of products, new types of products? Curious to hear about that. Yeah, I love that question. Uh, yeah, so first of all, about nine months I was working with Robert, for like pretty much for free. I was living in my aunt's spare room at the time. She was very good to me. Mm -hmm. uh, she actually works with us now with that, that same aunt. She works for the company now, which oh, is wow. pretty cool. That's just cool, part time, yeah. but it's uh, it's pretty cool looking a full circle thing. Uh, but yeah, so I was, I was, I was, and that gave me the chance to basically not have to make a lot of money quickly. Um, and, and also I was working an extra job at nighttime. I was working in a bar for a little while. So I made a little bit, a little bit more money there as well. And a little bit more money off of selling those products. Robert was given to me for very little money to enable me to make something out of that. So I was hustling my way uh, on the side as well as learning all the time. But after nine months, we formalized. I was in the trenches with Robert every day. We were working very like 16 hour days. I was doing everything, customer support, working in the warehouse. I was just like, going 90 miles an hour a day to help and to really show I was really interested and I really wanted to do this. And I really wanted to learn. I was like an absolute sponge at the time. And I was only about 23 and I'm 34, nearly 35 now. So uh, that that's where I, I had that energy. And, um, and so whenever we formalized, we changed the products that we were selling. When I first started working with Robert, we were selling some wholesale products where we were buying from UK suppliers. We were also selling a lot of uh, private label products that Robert was importing from China, uh, consumer electronics, accessories, products like speaker stands, speaker mounts, all in the same niche, basically. And that's what Robert was doing when I met him. The change we made was realized, you know, we're selling on Amazon. So really the, it, like, it's hard to say. So in a way, brands really matter on Amazon, but in a way they really don't matter. So in other words, like if you're building a brand, Amazon is a fantastic place to put your brand because you're going to get fantastic distribution to millions of customers, the most valuable customers on the internet. It's like Amazon have said, hey, we'll let you sell to our customer base. Like that's an unbelievable opportunity for, for any brand. Mm -hmm. And so for us, 
And the way I look at it, and we looked at it at the time was, look, we're not building the next big brand. We're looking at Amazon almost like a stock market. And we're saying, where are these boring everyday items that aren't selling thousands of units a day? They're selling like 20 units a day or 15 units a day. And how can we private label those rather than wholesale them all the time? Because we wanted to make the most of it only possible. And we were wrong about wholesale, which I can certainly talk about because we're actually brought, we brought that back in for our members again over the last little while. But anyway, a private label is what we did. And we, we then were like, well, we could sell anything pretty much as long as there's enough demand on Amazon and the, the stuff that's available is not very good. We can sell. And even today, like we're selling things like, uh, well, I, we would say tomato, but in, in North America, you, they might say tomato. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you're in Canada, right? I'm guessing. Yeah. So what do you do? You say tomato or tomato? Tomato. Tomato. tomato right? Yeah. We say tomato because we're weirdos. Yeah. Uh, so but let's just say tomato steaks. So these things you put in the ground to help grow tomatoes. Like that's the kind of stuff even today that we sell. Whereas, and, and so it was like, there's not a big brand that's well recognized and is so exciting. The biggest thing ever of, of that product. And they're the kind of products that we still sell or our members still sell. And there's millions of those on Amazon even now. And the, and the competition isn't that good because they're not going to sell hundreds a day. They're not going to sell thousands a day. They're going to sell 10, 20 a day, maybe more depending on the product. And mm-hmm. so we started just going after that and selling all different stuff like, you know, vacuum storage bags to competitive nowadays. But, you know, vacuum storage bags, cedar hangers to put in your wardrobe to like make the wardrobe smell nice and uh, I mean, there's so many, like must have sold hundreds of products at this point, clothes covers, you know, it goes on and on. And it just, it just made sense. And that's based on a system that we kind of created where we were looking at certain things on Amazon to tell us, you know, is there too much competition? Is there a gap in the market for us here? And and that's what we did. And that's, that's exactly what we've been teaching for, you know, whatever it is, uh, seven years now. So is is it fair to summarize that the the tips would be for listeners out there that might be already started in Amazon or thinking about Amazon, ignore the the flashy complicated items and 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 go more niche, go more more boring, and and then secondly, and and maybe as part of that answer, mm-hmm. uh, so what what is your current recommendation? Wholesale, uh, white label, combination of both. Yeah. What, what do you recommend now? Well, the answer to the first question first, and then. Keep that second one in your head in case I forget, right? Because <laughs> that's possible when I get into flow. But I would say there's two, well, there's multiple ways to, to, to sell on Amazon, which kind of answers your second question a little bit too. Like you can sell your own branded product. So that's private label where you're, you're finding something, you're getting it manufactured, you're putting your own logo on it, whatever. It's, that's private label, white label, whatever you want to call it. Um, added to that, I suppose, is the fact that you will have a brand on Amazon. I guess the difference between us and others who might say have, a brand, a yoga brand, and they're selling yoga products in the yoga brand. Well, the difference between them and us is we both have a brand, but we're selling, like we have a house brand and we'll sell all different stuff underneath the one house brand. Whereas the yoga brand are obviously tied into the whole set uh, to the, to the yoga niche. And that makes sense to use Amazon as an additional distribution channel. Our methodology currently we're using Amazon as the distribution channel. There's pros and cons to that, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of pros especially for beginners uh, as well. You, you can build a brand that's in a particular niche later on. I mean, you can do that. You can take your best items, go off and build a specific brand, go into different channels and all the rest. So, so we're very focused on a house brand, sell all different kinds of products underneath it. That's our recommendation right now uh, for the long-term business on Amazon. 
Um, so, and I'm not saying building a brand in like a tight niche doesn't make sense. It does make sense. It's just not the way our members uh, and, and we go about Amazon. All right. Uh, so that's that. Uh, in terms of then wholesaling, uh, there's, other, so there's other ways to sell on Amazon. Wholesaling is one where you will go out and find pre-existing brands. You buy them off a supplier a whole, at wholesale and you then sell them on Amazon and you make the difference. And you use Amazon's fulfillment capabilities, FBA fulfillment by Amazon. So you send some stock into Amazon, they hold it in stock and you jump on that listing. There's lots of other people selling the same item as you uh, because it's, it's an existing brand. You're just one of many sellers. And that works. Uh, it does work. It just takes it takes time because there's lots of sellers likely selling the same things. So you're sharing that buy box. Whereas with private label, when you're building your own brand, be it a house brand like we talk about, or you have a yoga brand type situation, you you it's not that you own the listing because Amazon technically owns the listing, but it's your brand. You control it. When your brand registered on Amazon, you've got a lot of enforcement rights that you'll be the only seller selling that item. Whereas on wholesale, you're selling something that's already pre-existing. Other people can get. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's a really good thing. The reason that we stopped doing it for a long time was we honestly just went about wholesaling correctly. We were trying to do bundles of products and all kinds of stuff that was really complicated and you needed a warehouse for rather than just selling the damn product. Just sell the product, bring it in, share the buy box and let, let it be. And you'll make mm -hmm. money every month doing that. Uh, so that's what I would say there. It's It works. Wholesale works for sure. There's drawbacks to that business model. And you can get some of them like, you know, what if you can't get more supply? You don't own the thing. It's not your product. It goes on and on and on. But still a great business model, especially because it doesn't take as much capital as, say, doing your own private label uh, brand. You right. then have retail arbitrage, which I actually I don't really recommend. And what retail or online arbitrage is, for those of you that don't know, it just means you go out and find a product that is secondhand or just way underpriced in a shop and you know you're able to sell it for more money on Amazon. And even though you're going to pay Amazon to ship it out on your behalf, you can still make more. You can still make a profit on it. That's basically retail arbitrage. It's a pre-existing product, kind of like wholesale, but you won't have necessarily good supply of those products. You might find a few and you don't have any more, that type of situation. The only reason I say it's a tricky business model is just because of supply. You mightn't be able to keep getting the same thing. So you might make some money for a while and then you make nothing until you find the next deal. Now it's very attractive to people because there's no, not that much money you got to put down on that. You might even get things for free. You know, you might find them somewhere or whatever the case may be. Uh, so I suppose it depends what you want to do. And just for the most controllable business, it's 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 private label and then you know wholesale would be the two ones i'd recommend as worth looking at on amazon right very cool yeah no that's a that's a great in-depth uh in-depth answer what one more Stephen, on amazon before we switch i, I want to talk about the the next step of the journey in the, in the marketplace superheroes sure. is is everything that some of us have heard and read about amazon true in regards to how kind of like competitive and maybe even yeah. like ruthless the company can be in terms of, you know, yeah. you were kind of alluding to competing for one product on the same page. We've we've all heard horror stories of like Amazon themselves copying popular products and selling yes. them themselves. Would love to hear about your experience with that stuff. Yeah, I love this question because my answer surprises people all the time. And the answer is like the types of products that we're selling, Amazon aren't bothered copying. You know, mm -hmm. like they're just not like, whereas 
if you look at what Amazon Basics is one of their main brands and some of their other brands are, like they're copying really high turnover products. Like they're selling tons, thousands of units, like batteries and, you know, mattress covers and all that kind of stuff. Like they're massive, massive, like really competitive items, uh, different types of supplements and whatever. We don't sell those. Uh, they're too competitive for us. We're not interested in those. We want to go uh, more, you know, niche, like we talked about, and even super niche. And um, we have no interest in those items. So there has never been a product that I've sold. Well, actually, no, that's untrue. Has been. I was sold a garlic press many years ago, but it was too competitive. We got away with it at the time because it was earlier on in my journey in Amazon with Robert. It was maybe like 2015 or so when you could sell something like that. You know, maybe it was even earlier than that, but you cannot, you wouldn't sell a garlic press anymore. It was way too competitive. And Amazon have likely got their own garlic press. I've never checked. Um, right. So, so I would just say that it is true. It's not, I mean, it's well in the media, it's well documented, but it's really down to that. If you're selling stuff that's so competitive, you're going to have that potential issue, but we don't have that issue selling the stuff we're selling. You have to understand as well that, like, right now, over 40% of Amazon's money comes from their third party, maybe even 50% comes from their third party marketplace, like people like me and others, you know, and there's, there's a lot of different sellers and types of sellers. So it's a huge part of their business and it wouldn't make sense for them to kind of right. screw with that too much. So yeah, they do get involved, but when you actually look at it, it's, it's, it's well documented because it's a great news story, but it's not, it's like, there's, there's hundreds of millions of items selling on Amazon. You know, mm -hmm. it, it wouldn't, even though they're huge, it just wouldn't be possible for them to copy everything. And, and that's what I would say to that. So true, but it doesn't affect our business. It certainly hasn't affected right. it yet. And it sounds like a great strategy. Like the equivalent is basically what comes to mind for me is like the SEO long tail, right? Like you're going after the long tail keywords yeah. that aren't, you know, Maybe each one individually isn't going to make you a billion dollar company, but you start stacking up a bunch of those and you, you got a good business on your hands. So it's, it's super interesting. Yeah. So, so let, let's shift focus a little bit. So you mentioned sure. you guys ran the, you, you know, you, you started this new partnership, kind of the new company together, you started growing it and then you got to a point where it stopped being exciting. What yeah. was it that you kind of did, or maybe the two of you did? that led you to decide to start Marketplace Superheroes? Did, you know, what, yeah. was it an idea that was kind of in you for a little while? Did you do some research? How did that come to be? Yeah, yeah. well, I had been studying marketing for a number of years myself. I was really interested in direct response marketing specifically. So that's, you know, kind of does what it says in the tin. It's marketing that gets a direct response. So you send out an email, something happens or doesn't happen. You do a webinar, people buy or they don't buy, whatever the case may be. Um, and I was really interested. I, I was a big Dan Kennedy, still am a big Dan Kennedy fan. And guys like that, Jay Abraham and some of the legends. I actually worked with Jay Abraham this last year, which was great for a little oh, while. Wow. Got to be a, a, a client of his, a one-to-one -one client for a little while, which is cool. So I was really into it, but I had no project where I could really apply that stuff because Amazon, like, you, you know, you're utilizing the Amazon platform. Like you're not going to their clients and marketing to them because they're their clients, you know? So I was great business and everything, but I was like, but I have these skills and this interest and I'd like to put it into action with something. So I was actually doing some copywriting work on the site. In other words, writing emails for companies and sales pages and things like that while running the Amazon business to get some mm -hmm. experience. And, um, I, was, I just saw there was a, a company still around today, one of our 
I don't see them as competitors. You know, we're all in the space doing different things. Uh, amazing.com. Great guys. And they had their amazing selling machine. Uh, was a the huge program teaching people to sell on Amazon. A very different methodology to what we do. Uh, not the same stuff, but, you know, private label as well. But they just go about it in a different way. They kind of get involved in more building a brand, like I talked about, that's got tighter type of products and stuff like that, whereas we have a different uh, strategy. So anyway, saw them do that. They were guys were super successful and fair play to them. And as we started thinking, like we have something else to offer this 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 space, like it's very different. And we feel like we can teach something that is unique. So why don't we start looking into it? And so we did. And initially, like I mentioned, I had no list or anything, no audience, nothing. And what we began doing was jumping onto podcasts. And here I am, you know. All these years later, still jumping on podcasts because it's a great way to meet people and, and talk about what you have to offer and, and obviously, you know, build your business as well. And so, yeah, we were jumping on a whole bunch of podcasts. We were even doing some like behind the closed doors teaching for certain people in that space as well, which is where we started to get some of our first clients. Also, another strategy I used, which might be helpful to some of your listeners, is that I was in a couple of paid Facebook groups at the time where I was learning some of this other marketing stuff. I just started talking about what I was doing. You know, here's the webinar I'm writing. And uh, it's all about how we're selling, you know, a couple of million dollars worth of products on Amazon every year. And a lot of people in the group said, I'm interested to learn that. Because at the time, it was, uh, you know, earlier in the cycle of this whole thing. So it was very new at the time. And of course, I jumped on with those people, had a chat with them. And we were selling, I was selling like a, a course that wasn't built yet for like $500 just on a call, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that got us our first people and we started to make some money. And then it became, wouldn't it be great if we didn't have to jump on a call every time we want to sell one of these courses? So then, oh, let's build a webinar. We made a webinar. It was the worst webinar ever. I, I wish I could find it. It was really terrible. Um, and we did that for a little while, for a number of months. But then 2015, so it was, that was maybe, I mentioned we launched in 2015. That's when we really did launch. But 2014, we we started this process, let's call it. We picked up some clients that year. But in 2015, we, a really big thing happened when uh, an affiliate partner, someone who promotes other people's products, uh, he heard about us and, and I got in touch with him through a guy I met at an event. And he said to me, I'd love to promote what you guys are doing. It's really cool. It's different. Uh, I'm really impressed and all the rest. And so that changed our lives. You know, that weekend we sold, I think, you know, 300 odd thousand dollars worth of the program. And we had never seen anything like that before. I was just like, this is crazy. And that's really what launched the business. And from there, did more Facebook advertising and other more podcasts and on and on and on and on. And here we are, you know, years later, uh, thousands of students later, still teaching this and you know getting better at teaching it offering more services and obviously like adding in things like the wholesale again and other stuff to help you get going that bit faster but like the amazon platform a lot of people have kind of jumped away from it that used to teach it because it's not as quote-unquote hot as it used to be but like it's it's bigger than it ever was which is so stupid like it's like mm -hmm. oh it's not hot quote-unquote but Amazon every year does record revenue numbers, you know? Yeah. And I think if you're doing it the way people used to do it, it's probably too competitive. But the way we do it, it's it, it, there's just so many opportunities and it continues to be that way. And it's just really exciting. Right. Yeah, no, that that's incredible. So Stephen, when, when you started, you had no course made? Like has the no. core 
a product always been an online course? And at what point and, and how did you actually build and, and launch the course even after it sounds like you had revenue coming in? Yeah. And it's, you know, it's funny because the model that we did for a long time is changing now. I and mean, actually this year we're making a lot of changes to how we go about what we're doing. I'm happy to talk about that. But, but yeah, for many years it was selling just a singular online course and then we would sell coaching and other stuff after that. But for, for the first couple of years, literally I was just selling one course, nothing else. And it was a thousand dollars. We still allow people to pay it off, still do over a year, but we're just changing. Courses have changed, and I, I could talk about that a little bit. Um, but but anyway, um, for maybe six months, you know, we were we were building our beta program when we were just starting. So we were allowing people to join at essentially half price, explaining to them, look, we're going to be teaching this over a period of time. We're going to be making changes and all of that. But you get to come in early and learn what we're doing. And so that worked well. People were more than happy with that. They were happy to, to pay less money. And as I say, you know, it was a newer thing at the time. So he didn't have to be quite as polished as if you were launching an Amazon course. Now you'd have to be extremely polished because the market has moved on so much. It's much more sophisticated. And yeah, that was it. Just hustled, literally hustling calls a lot just to get something off the ground and believed in what we were doing. And obviously as a course creator, one of the most important things you have to do is get successful students. So mm -hmm. I was spending a lot of time more time than 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 ever like working with people one-on-one -on -one, getting them the results making sure they knew what they were doing because obviously people had to see that it worked or they wouldn't they wouldn't be interested in buying from us absolutely and what kind of tools did you use were, were you using like udemy or, or was it hosted on your own website yeah. and then the other thing i'm interested in is what was included in those first few versions was it mostly kind of like your classic you know, videos and different modules? Did you have a community behind it or, or with it? Yeah. Uh, curious to hear about that. Yeah. Uh, so at the time we were using, uh, a, actually at the time it was called Use Fedora, mm -hmm. Fedora like a hat. Uh, but now that is uh, called Teachable, that company. Oh, wow. Um, cool. But, but uh, yeah, that's, that's what they were called when they first ever launched. So we had very little money at the time because we obviously we had money in our other business, but we were for this business, we didn't have a whole lot of money. So we were very much operating at a budget. And so, yeah, we used their free tool and launched to put our initial course on there or whatever and brought our first people in the doors with just like a horrible, I don't know, marketplacefoodbeers.com forward slash use Fedora, massive yeah. domain, you know, but that, that was that was fine to, to get us up and off the ground. Uh, and then we changed over time. We use Kajabi nowadays to, to host all of our courses, which is which is really good. We use ClickFunnels for most of our landing pages and stuff like that, marketing pages. Uh, we, we Stripe for most of our checkout processing. Uh, so that was the technology. Now, what was included was, so the, I learned something a lot about courses over the years. Like, I mean, the mistake is if you just tell people, oh, module one, you get this, module two, module three, module four. That's how we used to do it. And we would like value you know, each module at a certain price point and all that jazz. And it was just, it was fine for a while, but after a while we used to do webinars to more colder audiences. And I did many webinars, Josh, where I sold nothing, mm -hmm. uh, nothing whatsoever. So I had, we had to learn the hard way many times. And it was, it was painful to, to learn that way and be like, oh crap, nobody bought or whatever. So what I learned about that over time, and if anyone's selling anything, when you create an offer, like you have to understand the course is, 
the fundamental thing that people are buying, but it's actually something they just assume they're going to get. Therefore, the rest of your offer has to be a lot more interesting. So we essentially were selling a course in the community back then, whereas now, you know, you get the course community, you get software to help manage your business and stuff like that, that we developed over time. We have a software team that does all that now. Um, you know, you get like access to our freight network. So we, we, ch- we charge a thousand dollars a year to access the network. You get your first year for free. Cause that obviously brings people in. They're not, they're going to do something in their first year, of course, but they're not going to be using freight as much as they will be in the future. Therefore we figured give them a free freight account for a year and at least moves them into that side of the service. And of course, if they use it, which we want them to excellent. And if they don't, it didn't cost them anything. And it technically didn't cost us anything either. And we, we have other stuff like we'll do discounts on shipping and all. so like our offer nowadays is like very fully formed. And I learned over the years that like to make an offer, you have to look at three key things. And this actually comes from uh, Russell Brunson's expert secrets. Uh, he got it from Jason Fladlin, I think, but it's this idea where you have like a vehicle, something you're looking to move people into. You've got their big belief about what's possible or not possible to achieve the, the outcome that you're you're promising. And then you have external influences. There are three things that you want to reference in any uh, thing you're ever talking about when you're, when you're promoting something or whatever, but your offer has to have those elements as well. So mm-hmm. like you have to have a vehicle and an end to end system that someone can follow to get a result. But then you have to start thinking about what are the, what are the big beliefs people have about their own ability? So like, learn how to sell on Amazon and they're like, okay. And then you show them that vehicle is actually going to make you money. Here's how simple it is. Oh, okay. So I know I can make five grand a month profit doing this. That's great. That's really motivating to me. Um, that, and, and so the vehicle works, but Josh, I have no idea how to find a product. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, that's the, the internal belief. So you solve that in your offer by doing something like, Oh, um, not only are we going to give you the program, but we're also going to give you our tool, our software tool that'll guide you through the process of finding your first product. So like your, your, your offer ultimately answers people's uh, objections. It solves their problems because we don't sell products. We solve problems in any business, by the way. And mm-hmm. I run many companies in the same methodology, but you're always looking at that. And then finally you're looking at the external influence. So in this case, it might be, oh, I, I, um, what about running Facebook advertising? And it's like, well, in this business model, you don't actually, the way we do it, you can do that, of course, but we don't teach that. We teach Amazon ads. And we're going to give you a PPC um, program. And it's going to show you how to do it in the afternoon. So so that's kind of the difference between when I started and where I am today. And actually, Alex Hormozzi has an excellent book. I don't know if you've read it or not, called $10 million Offers. And it's really good, all about offer creation. In any business you guys are you're in, offers are the key to everything and that's what we actually we have a new company that this year we're launching called grow my reach and that's what we're teaching we're teaching like course creators how to turn that into a business because i had a course for a long time but not really a business and now we obviously have this company that does all these different things and that's ultimately where you're going to become successful when you know how to do that for sure and and i was just going to ask uh one of my last couple questions is it, that makes a lot of sense and, and a lot of uh, great suggestions around building the product. Do you have maybe what are your top two or three tips or what's worked for you on doing that external marketing? 
especially since, yeah. like you said, in in the Amazon days, you didn't have to do much of that. Uh, but obviously, with the course, you do. And any any tips and suggestions there? Yeah, I mean, we could be here for a day. Uh, <laughs> like honestly, but that's I why suppose, I said two to three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, two to three days then. Uh, yeah. But it, if I was to break it down, like, like I mean, there's a lot of stuff to look at. But the the biggest thing is what I mentioned, which is is the offer, because if the offer is not right, nothing else matters, uh, mm -hmm. pretty much. Because a, a, a great offer can have not so great marketing and work just fine. Whereas a bad offer with great marketing doesn't work, which is crazy. And that all those elements I mentioned are what make up a good offer. So that would be the big thing to look at. Cause especially when you, you have to understand when you go to say YouTube ads or Facebook ads or whatever, going on podcasts or anything, those people are coming across to your thing. You have to be very aware. And this is my second thing of, you have to be aware of where they are in their, awareness so i think it's claude hopkins or eugene schwartz talked about it where it's like you can be problem aware uh, solution aware or product aware so if you're if you're problem aware i i want to make more money okay but so it's going to take me a bit of time and marketing in order to like take that problem and then tie it into my solution well one of my solutions of amazon selling on amazon for example that that takes a while Whereas people are listening to this show today, if they like what I have to say about Amazon, they're like, oh, it's really interesting. I wonder how well I could do that. Well, then they are actually problem-aware. They're, they're solution-aware. They know that Amazon is what they want to do now because they've listened to me for a while. And then they become product-aware. Oh, Marketplace Superheroes, that's the, they're who I want to learn from. So, so like that, you just skip right down to the, the where you need to be by doing something like this, and obviously that's not the only reason, but it's it's a great side effect of a podcast. Equally like, well, if you have a webinar, so so like, well, well what what's gonna be in the webinar? So where are the people? Oh, well, I advertise to people who are interested in being an Amazon seller. Okay, so I they, we know that that's a motivation they currently have. Therefore, the marketing that we do in the webinar, whatever it is, is going to revolve around that. The fact that we know that. So that really comes down to um, knowing uh, what awareness level are they at. And then sec and then the third thing is going to be, and it's not, and again, everyone's going to be like, oh, Steve, we've heard this before, but you got to do it because I didn't do it for years. The third one is then really understanding that avatar. And again, I was like, oh, another person talk about the avatar. I'm not doing that. That's so boring. I don't care what magazines they read. I don't, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care. Um, but the reality is that you have to understand that because if you don't pay attention to the avatar, you're selling to nobody. And so I know for Marketplace Superheroes now, I know the age range uh, for most successful students doesn't mean that that's what you have to be. But I know the age, I know the kind of interests, I know, I know a lot like and I know one of the biggest things is our best clients are already looking at how to sell on Amazon, They're looking for the right person. So then I know well, part of what we do is like, we know you're looking at this. Let me show you how we're different than everybody else. And that's mm -hmm. what's going to motivate you to come across and learn our unique way of doing it. Whereas again, today, some people may have never considered selling on Amazon and all of a sudden they're considering it now because of what they've just heard. So that's why I love marketing because it's such a big topic and it is quite simple, but also it's really hard as well. But I think they're good starting points. Yeah, no, th those are great. And and I think knowing the avatar has only become more powerful now with 
the customized advertising that we can do, right? Because like That's 20 right. years ago, if you you know didn't know that a uh, you know your audience loved reading Sports Illustrated, sure, you know maybe you do or don't hit them the right way or market them the right way. But now you can yeah. go on Facebook ads and type in Sports Illustrated, you know, interests, Sports Illustrated. And that like, yeah. that's so powerful. So I, I, I totally sure. agree with that. Uh, awesome, Stephen. I just wanted to ask before we before we wrap up, there's a lot of books sure. behind you as we as we mentioned uh, earlier. Yeah. What are maybe the top two or three books you would recommend to somebody early in the entrepreneurial journey, whether it's, you know, marketplace, Amazon selling, or just somebody, maybe they're in a nine to five right now. They're not excited about what they're doing. They're looking to make a change or they're, you know, at the beginning of their entrepreneurial journey. Do you have two or three that might be good for that point in time? Sure. I can give you three off the top of my head. Also in the, in the not too distant future, I'll be able to mention a couple of my books that I'm finishing, but not yet. Um, still working on those, but I'll, I'll have a couple, uh, which will be exciting. But there's a few that are there um, I really like, which is the first one I recommend is Ready, Fire, Aim by Michael mm-hmm. Masterson, a.k.a. Mark Ford. Got to chat to Mark actually last year. on a, a, he, It was a podcast episode, but he ended up, heard I was Irish, and he's got a huge affinity for Irish because his family are Irish. And Literally just, it was not a pot. We didn't even put it out because it was just like a consulting session, but a multi, multi, multi-millionaire, which was awesome. What a great guy. Ready, Fire, Aims, amazing book just to learn the very much the fundamentals of a business and growing a business, understanding things like your OSS, your optimum selling strategy. How do you get from zero to your first million the right way and, and stuff like that. So that's a great book I recommend. I also would recommend... That one says unscripted there, but I actually love The Millionaire Fast Lane by MJ DeMarco, uh, who mm-hmm. I interviewed not so long ago, actually, which was great. Oh, cool. Uh, and, and it's a brilliant book. Uh, unscripted is very good as well, but I actually prefer The Millionaire Fast Lane. That's going to give you the philosophy of running very much like an on, not always an online, but in many cases like an online type business. But, you you know, the, the cool thing is a brand new book called The Great Rat Race Escape. These guys should be paying me money for all this. Anyway, um, The Great Rat Race Escape is his new book and it actually has a story of people that are selling a particular product from scratch. It's, it's cool. So, but that's why I like MJ DeMarco's books. And then the third one would be Dotcom Secrets, Russell Brunson. Look, a lot of people, uh, Russell's done a lot for the industry. There's no doubt, you know, unfortunately, there's, <laughs> everyone's going around holding two comic club awards now, but at the same time, a real positive, like I learned so much from Russell early on in my career. I continue to learn from him and obviously he's he was influenced by people like dan kennedy and jay abraham who are also like i've got a whole bunch of dan kennedy over there they're all the legends you know so there's just some of them but i i would recommend actually going down the dan kennedy rabbit hole from a marketing perspective amazing jay abraham i literally have over here a whole they're all binders of jay abraham mm-hmm. so like they're that that's all the great stuff Right. Awesome. Those are great recommendations. Stephen, thanks so much for coming on the show, sharing your story, sharing your tips. They've been they've been great. If somebody wants to get in touch with you or, or learn more about the company, where, where do you recommend they go? Yeah, a few places, but not, not too many. Don't worry, guys. Uh, the first one would be uh, MarketplaceSuperheroes.com to learn about that business specifically, uh, how we sell on Amazon and all of that. YouTube as well for Marketplace Superheroes is really strong. I really would love people to check that out and see our videos. Um, you know, we put a lot of time and effort into them. I think they're, I think they're pretty good. I hope you love them as well. And then the third thing really is if you're already, if you already have a business 
and you're looking to take, say, a course that you have and grow it into a full company, growmyreach.com is a new business that we're launching over there. Uh, just to go through this thing, we've created called a perpetual launch. And that's a whole process, that engine we've really built that's grown Marketplace Superheroes into a, an eight-figure company. So that's really the big thing for this year. That's an addition that we're really excited about. So, yeah. Awesome. And we'll have links to all those in the description. Stephen, thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Josh.